Hey guys, Ryan here. Before we begin today's episode, I wanted to thank you all for listening. It means a lot to be receiving emails from our listeners, likes on our Facebook page, comments on our website, and to see our podcast recommended on the Chooseify Canada page. It's all really cool and very humbling. So keep the feedback coming because we're learning who you all are as our audience grows and we can fine-tune the podcast direction as we go. Speaking of fine-tuning, Chrissy and I recorded a very long episode today and I've decided to edit it way down to an acceptable time frame. Turns out we love to tell stories and go off on tangents, and I guess that's fitting because we are podcast hosts after all. As you'll hear, the original intention was to record the top 10 places or things we don't spend our money on, but we only get to our fifth or sixth point before we ran out of time. So I've decided to rename this conversation Value Busters, where and how we won't spend our money. I'll pop back in at the end of the episode to give you all a proper send off. Bye for now. Hello and welcome to Explorify Canada podcast. Join us as we sit with other Canadians at the roundtable to discuss and sometimes argue about financial independence in Canada. Welcome everybody to Explorify Canada. I am your host Ryan as always and joining me is Chrissy. Say hi. Hi, Ryan, and hi, everybody in Canada and our listeners from elsewhere. Ooh, you really think we're going to get some international listeners on this? I know we have one. Her name is oh. Sam. Hi, Sam. Where are you from? She's from England. Oh, awesome. Great. No, that's that's really cool that we have an international listener. So we do have a bit of a different uh, episode for you guys today. Uh, the Money Mechanic isn't here with us. He's off inching closer to his fire number by making real money. But we're here, we're actually going to talk about the top 10 places that we don't spend our money. And it could be either like locations or experiences or just things in general. We feel that we see other Canadians spending their money on and that we actually don't get any value from. And it's not to basically put out 10 to 20 things that we think you guys should stop buying right now. It is more to do with what we think are just real wasters in comparison to other Canadians. And I really think that this is going to generate a lot of commentary on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And I just want to stress also that this is not meant to judge anyone. And I feel that if there's something that you find value in, and you can afford it, and it brings you joy, go ahead and enjoy it. Like, don't let our opinions affect that. You know, we, this is what we feel and this is our personal opinions. And again, no judgments. We're just here to share a little bit about what we appreciate and what we value. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Chrissy, I'll be judging you, but I won't judge everybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go easy, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a nice person. I'm so gentle. <laughs> I want to start it off then. And when I, this is my idea, everybody. So I told Chrissy about it and I used the example Shoppers Drug Mart. That is my number one place. I don't really have it in any order, but um, I do have a grand hatred for Shoppers Drug Mart. I really lump it into like Circle K and 7 Eleven and all the other convenience stores out there because I think that's honestly what it is. It is a convenience store disguised as a pharmacy slash beauty store. And it is basically where your value goes to die because there are Loblaws products on there. There are all sorts of different things that you can buy and they're all marked up just so incredibly high. Chrissy, do you shop at Shoppers Drug Mart? I do not. I, I do have to say I used to when my kids were babies because I 
I needed medication back then. I had postpartum depression, so I had, I had I was on medication for that, and it was quite expensive. And so I racked up a lot of optimum points from that, and so I used it towards buying formula for my kids. So that was the only time I was a regular shopper there, and but I wasn't actually spending of my own any of my own money. I was just using their points. So I guess it doesn't really count. Yeah, I feel like that's like a silver lining. And to that point, you know, if if Shoppers Drug Mart is your closest pharmacist, like I, I don't have re- I don't have any problem with people filling their prescription there. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't really bother me, especially if it's like if it's on the way to your work or from work, or um, you know, you can bike or walk there. Like I'm totally down with that. But you know, they sell pop and chips and all these other garbage there that is just marked up so incredibly high. And they use the uh, now the PC Optimum card to entice you into being loyal to Shoppers Drug Mart. It is not worth it at all. Even if you got like a 20% kickback on half of their items, it's still priced so high, like 400% more than what you'd find at, you know, a no frills or a real Canadian superstore that it doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, to shop there for anything. Well, I I agree with you. 99% of their items are highly marked up and I don't shop there for anything, but they do have loss leaders once in a while, for instance, butter and milk. My mother-in-law bakes a lot, and so she's always looking for butter on sale. And they often have extremely huge discounts on butter, and so she'll stock up when, when they do that. So so there are times when it's worthwhile to shop there for specific items, but you have to really watch for their sales and know your prices. Yeah, definitely. And just in case anybody didn't understand the terminology that Chrissy was using. A loss leader is when a grocery store or whatever retail store basically advertises something that they can't possibly profit from to get you into the store to buy a bunch of other stuff that is way overpriced and then they make their money back from the loss leader. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, since I told you that one, I'm assuming that wasn't on your list. So let's turn it over to you then. What's number one on your list? It doesn't have to be in order. Number one on my list is uh, luxury anything. And that could be travel, cars, clothing, restaurants. I've just, we're allergic to luxury. I mean, we, <laughs> the prices at least. I mean, we're, we're happy to uh, enjoy it when we can. For instance, if I have points, uh, travel points, we will indulge in and use it on luxury or more luxurious hotels than we pay for. And I like sitting in other people's luxury cars, but <laughs> we, we're just not we don't see the value on spending on these sorts of items because we could use the money for a lot of other things that have a lot more meaning to us. So I have nothing against these kinds of things, but they just are not valuable to us. I actually have a story here. So when I got married, um, my mom booked me a hotel at the King King Eddie Hotel in uh, downtown Toronto. It's a very, very nice hotel, very old and absolutely beautiful inside and i think she paid gosh i can't remember what it was i think it was like 300 or 400 dollars for a room and uh we go in there and this guy like there's like it's like a two-bedroom apartment like you just have all this space for whatever reason (laughs) it's like just like a room with a chair in it and that was it and so we we get to the bed we kind of curl up and we're like all right let's bust out the ipad and put on something you know as we like fall asleep 
And it said six ninety nine for internet or no whatever way. for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lying to you. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what the? F-? <laughs> it was so stupid. And I was like, I got like a thousand square foot, but not free internet. Oh, like, what do you think I value more yeah. for real though? Yeah. It's true. It doesn't make sense. And the other aspect too about luxury accommodations or luxury stores is I feel out of place in that. I I just feel awkward. I I feel like I don't belong. And the funny thing is, you know, we have money, you know, we have wealth, but I just feel like I am like a country bumpkin in places like that, you know, (laughs) I don't. It's the the millionaire next door mentality, right? Like it's the, it's the people who go to these country clubs or go to these like super fancy, you know, malls. And I can't help but feel that everybody's poor. Yeah, you gotta wonder, you know, can the people in there actually afford what they're spending on? You know, we we had an awful but eye opening experience when we were in Korea, we wanted to get a gift for someone. And it was suggested that maybe we buy some cosmetics. And so we went to a nice department store, the Lotte department store. And it was the most awkward experience because we went in as tourists we had our backpacks on we're wearing t-shirt and shorts you know totally not dressed up but <laughs> most people in asia tend to dress up no matter what they're doing you know they're always looking like dressed to the nines even if they're going for a walk in the park so we're in this fancy department store the four of us looking you know kind of very casual and we're just shooed away constantly like we just needed to stand for five minutes to discuss what gift we're going to get and this girl comes up to us and says, you can't stand here. You're blocking the so-and-so display. And, you know, it didn't matter where we were. Someone would come up to us and keep us moving because I guess we look like riffraff. And so it was such an unpleasant experience that we just got so frustrated that we just, we left without even buying anything, even though we had more than enough money to buy, to drop even 200 bucks on a gift there because it was for someone who had been really generous to us. We wanted to get her something nice. And we left. We didn't want to deal with that kind of attitude. I just don't like going into these luxury stores or, you know, luxury hotels. I just feel like I'm being judged and I don't like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a crazy story. You know, I feel like that's why like it's the it's becoming more and more of the opposite. Like you go to Walmart here and they have free Wi-Fi. You go to any Tim Hortons or Pizza Pizza or what have you, and they all have free Wi-Fi. And it's because they they want to encourage the exact opposite. They're like, stay, like Chrissy, (laughs) your whole family. Here, we have a spot right by the electronic fireplace just for you. You stay as long as you want. If you want to buy something, go ahead, you know. And then, yeah, that's how they get you to spend your money because you're just so comfortable and relaxed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like in Korea, they did the opposite, right? They're just like, no, you can't be comfortable or relaxed because you look like a bum. Well, definitely in that store, that's how we felt. So yeah, that we never went back. (laughs) They didn't get any of our money. (laughs) Can't imagine why. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, um, my number two on my list is uh, sort of similar to yours, but I'm not going to cross it off because I do think it's a little different. I put Whole Foods or as Money Mechanic likes to call it, whole paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and, My mother-in-law um, calls it that too. Yeah, there you go. 
whole paycheck. The um, the reason why I compare it to your last one is because I do feel like it's a very luxurious grocery experience, but it's built on the fad that is, you know, whole natural food, which I know might upset some people listening. But at the end of the day, it's a pure marketing play. They have no interest in your health. It's just to get you to spend the most amount of money possible, you know, on $9 a pound organic, you know, grapes or something like that, right? You know, I went in there and they had water, like a case of water, 24 pack, which is already a stupid purchase in and of itself, but it was selling it for $7, which is about double the price of anywhere else. So I, I picked it up and I looked at it and it was from some some lake or uh, mountain runoff somewhere in Canada, like it was local water. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, did you really think the glaciers that were in Alberta really all that different from the glaciers that were in Ontario when the ice age melted and all these lakes formed everywhere? I don't understand why your water is so much more expensive and everything in there. I just looked through it and I found it just to be like one big, just clowny pricing catalog. And I just, yeah, I, I went in there once, disappointed and left. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like Shoppers Drug Mart, everything is really marked up in there. And like you say, it's playing on the hype of the natural organic industry that people are into right now. It's very trendy. And it seems like it's working for them. But yeah, people like us can see through those kinds of marketing ploys. And we generally know better. I would have to agree. I do shop there on occasion, but for very specific items, because I, I do try to buy some natural items. And one thing that I do like, because I, I try not to eat dairy, is nutritional yeast. And that is actually cheaper at Whole Foods than at other places. Again, like with shoppers, I know my prices and I only go there for the things that I know are cheaper. So you have to be careful and know what you're looking for. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, and that's just standard fire mentality, or as I call it, the fire lens, right? You know, you're going to look at what's valuable where, and then pick and choose accordingly. And that's what I love so much about the fire movement is that we, we generally borrow from all these different concepts uh, everywhere and kind of form our own, uh, I guess, like ideology, but just our own way of thinking about everything, right? So we take from the personal finance, we take from, you know, the real estate kind of associations and, and different data that's been extrapolated here, and then tax planning that's been put over there. And then we combine it all and, you know, put a nice little pink bow on and call it the fire movement. And I feel like, in a practical sense, when we are shopping for these loss leaders at these different companies and stores that were doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I agree. I guess you could say that fire is just overall life optimization. It's not just finances. It's everything. Hey, I didn't give you permission to use fire. You stick to fi. I'm fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Team fi. Yeah, exactly. You can be over there. You, you got the color blue. Okay. I want to be red. Red's a cooler color. Okay. All right. So what do you have as your number two? Okay. My number two is clothing that's not on sale. So when I go into a clothing store, say Old Navy, looking for new jeans or whatever for my kids, I will go straight to the sale racks and look at there first. And I pretty much actually avoid all the regular priced items because I know if I wait a month or two, they'll, they'll go on sale and often be a steep discount, you know, 50% or more. So that's something that I, I always avoid. You know, it's not just clothes for my kids if I'm shopping for myself, which I don't do a lot anymore. But uh, when I do, I, I always go straight for the sale racks. And 
ignore the regular priced items. Yeah, Old Navy is one of those stores where if you you check out and then they hand you like a coupon or they ask for your email and then they're going to send you discounts on like a further date kind of thing, like two weeks in the future, you'll get like Mm -hmm. 30% off like $100 or something like that. Yeah. they're super, super. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that that kind of practice to me outlines just how marked up all their stuff is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And they're super cash. I've never actually used it because when I try to use it, their actual sales are cheaper than what the super cash will get you. So I I end up not ever using it. So I guess moving on with my list, then um, I'm going to scroll down a little bit on my list and go to Carter's Oshkosh. This is a store that I've never stepped into. And I'm absolutely in love with the brand. I love Carter's. It fits so well on my little girl. The styling is always the best. I find that the quality uh, is great. It's just a wonderful, wonderful brand. I've never once gone into their store. And I bet people are probably thinking, oh, this guy's just shopping at Walmart for the child of mine one that's made by Carter's. No, I don't even buy clothing from Walmart either. I go to a store called Once Upon a Child, which I believe is just an Ontario uh, chain. We have one uh, here. We have, have one, one here. Yeah. Yeah, one oh. in Coquitlam, I think. So near Vancouver. It, about it needs to take over the world because this thrift store is fantastic. There's 10 onesies for $10 and they have all these bins wow. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So this is where I'm, and it's all like Carter's and like Joe Fresh and, and George and all these brands, you know, and they could be from like, you know, like discount retailers or whatever, but it doesn't matter because your kid is not going to be in them for so long. And as long as they look cute and it's functional, boom, you're done. Just buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think to, to date, my, my daughter's 13 months old now I think I've spent maybe, I don't know, I want to say like $180 on clothing so far. And I have up until two years. We took advantage wow. of one of their sales and um, where they they put a bunch of stuff. They just throw like a red clearance sticker on it and it's 90% off. So something that was three fifty. Wow. 90. Yeah, for real. Like they just, they literally just cleanse, they just purge the inventory when they do that. They only, they don't do it very often. I think maybe like once every few months, but Oh boy, when they do, my wife and I clean house. I bet I bet you anything. If I were to tell her 180, she'd probably say not lower. <laughs> I, it's one of the places where I love the brand. Never been inside the store, and I don't plan to. I think that's awesome, and it's unfortunate that this kind of child didn't exist when my kids were little. But my sister discovered it, and her kids are younger than mine, and so she's been able yeah. to take advantage. But yeah, by the time it started, my kids were at that age where they actually wear out their clothes because they they slow down so much in their growth. So they actually wear their clothes a lot longer and they start school. So they get a lot rougher mm-hmm. with their play outside and they're outside a lot. And so the knees get killed. Everything just gets killed, you know, once they start kindergarten. So there's not a lot in the used market for kids in the age <laughs> range. So unfortunately, I missed out on that. And uh, the the other thrift shops around me just they're so hit and miss. I never had the time to sort through and try to find good items for my kids. So it's one area that I'm not great at, at buying used clothes, just because it takes a lot of time to find used clothes if they're not from a place like Once Upon a Child, just because they're not organized and they're not sorted. So it it makes it really and, hard. And, time and the store time. just has all sorts of stuff as well. It's not just clothing. In case anybody's listening, they haven't been. They have shoes, they have toys, they have an insane amount of toys, they have cribs, they have, gosh, like new mattresses, like new pacifiers, like they don't sell everything secondhand, of course, because you don't reuse pacifiers and and crib mattresses. 
mattresses, of course, is another thing you should buy new. But they do have them, right? Like just to complement all the other things that you can get for your kid. It is a wonderful store. I treat it like a Costco where I just I go maybe like once every few months, generally when it's 90% off and I just inventory I inventory the crap out of it. I just buy as much stuff as possible. The last time they scanned our bill, I think it was $140 and then they threw the 90% off and it was like 30 something or whatever, which I guess doesn't make mathematical wow. sense. But you know what I mean? It, we ended up paying like $30. I don't remember what the original bill was, but it just goes to show how much money we've actually saved. And like I said, she's 13 months now and she has clothes all fitter until she's two or three. Yeah. And you can also bring them your stuff too, right? Yeah, you can, but... I actually, while I'm very happy for that people that do that because that's how I get my clothes so cheap, um, I don't think it's actually very valuable for you to sell your clothes to Once Upon a Child. I think you'd be better off doing something, bundle it all together, like lay it all out, take a picture, uh, slap a price on it, and uh, throw it on Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace. That's what my wife actually did when she bought maternity clothes. There's a woman uh, in Mississauga who sold $50 pack and it had, gosh, I don't know, a ton of stuff, everything except I think nursing bras. And it had seven pairs of jeans. Gosh, I don't even know how many like blouses and shirts and whatnot and all this other, all the other women clothing that I can't possibly name because I'm a guy and I don't know what it is. It ended up being like at least, I think it was 40 to 50 articles of clothing for $50. And uh, of course, like we just went there and she just kind of held up a bit of it. And she's like, yeah, like we're about the same size. Okay, here you go. That's amazing. Yeah. That's how we do it. That's why we're going to fire in like (laughs) two seconds, right? You guys are awesome. I think uh, you're an inspiration to all of us. So please share more. Anything like that, I'd love to hear about. Well, it's a good thing I'm uh, recording a podcast with you, eh? Because we'll just be able to pick each other's brain. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's move along here. So what do you have uh, for your number three? Okay, my number three is Amazon Prime. Oh, that's one of mine. That's my number seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're ditching the physical world and going into the virtual world. Yeah. Why is Amazon Prime uh, unvaluable to you? Well, it's especially not that valuable for Canadians because I, there's just not as much available for us. I, I think in the States, you get a lot more perks with Amazon Prime, but here it's not so great. The main perk is the faster shipping. And I would rather train myself to be patient and save the money rather than paying a monthly subscription fee for it. Or I guess it's an annual fee that you pay. So that's my opinion. I I can wait if it saves me money. Yeah, I have a few gripes with Amazon Prime. My, uh, My first one is that a lot of people will say, well, you know, why would you buy Netflix or Spotify when you can get Amazon Prime? Uh, you're going to have access to Amazon Music and, uh, you know, Prime Video and whatnot. I feel like people say that, like that's more like an armchair argument because I don't think they actually listen to Amazon Music through the Prime or li- or watch like Amazon Prime Video because they both suck a lot. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah. Like Amazon Prime Video is it's not, it's not horrible. It's not Netflix. It is definitely not Netflix. And if you're the type of person that gets a lot of value from watching video content for several hours a week, you're going to be really disappointed with what Prime has to offer. And I would recommend that you go with Netflix instead. But if you're the type of person that like, it's like sparingly, you know, like you're just like, I don't know, I'm just, I just want to put something on. I, I watch a movie maybe like once every like few months or something. You probably won't get any value out of any type of subscribing to any type of service. But if you do, Prime would probably be your best bet because, you know, you can get like your kindergarten cop and a few other like classic movies that are on there. But 
uh oh and like parks and recreation that's on there as well which i've already watched all of yeah exactly so i've I've had i'm i'm actually still currently a prime member for the next uh, i think three weeks i canceled it because i wasn't getting any value out of it and the amazon music thing in case anybody's interested is like probably the most hilariously bad uh service out there it is so horrible they like you can't get anything like they have all these like name artists that they show on it and you're like, okay, great. And then they're like, do you want to sign up for $8 a month or whatever? And I'm like, wait, what? No, really? like I thought I got this with prime. Yeah. So what it is is basically you just get your foot in the door and you get like, like out of, if you're to name like the top 200 songs of all time, they'd probably have like four of them for free for you. And then everything okay. else is through the paid the paid program that's sneaky so yeah and that's what i didn't like about it so i'd be looking up okay like so i I just did i i put in like drake can i listen to drake no that's only available through like the paid one okay um prozac you know like that really old 90s band can i listen to that like i'm just throwing down like a bunch of random artists that i've listened to before and i thought maybe i'd get you know like half of them and i think i got like 10 percent of them if even that so wow it's actually yeah i don't think i think if people are using it because they want to get the other electronic um you know benefits of it i yeah i don't see it i don't see the value that's what i've heard from multiple sources so we we've never even tried it so i i think we'll we'll just stay off the prime bandwagon (laughs) cool well i really like that one um, I'll move along to my number three then, which is uh, the drive-through. You will not catch Ryan in a drive-through, and I think yeah, I think that's something that's probably not going to resonate with Canadians because I think a lot of people have built that into their uh, daily commute or their life, and they're like, you know, what's wrong with the drive-through? It's not so bad. Um, my main gripe with the drive-through is that it does become systematic. So when you plan your day around going through a drive-through, you're just inevitably lowering your hourly wage. So if you're if you're going to work for two hundred dollars a day, but you always always stop by Tim's and you spend seven dollars on breakfast, right? Then you're going to work for one hundred ninety-three dollars, and I don't see the value in that. I agree. I rarely use drive-throughs. I also don't like the environmental impact of it, so that's that's something that bothers me. Like, what about like the social construct where you're like you're driving down the street and then there's just stop dead traffic in the right lane and you're like, what the? And you're driving by like six or seven cars and then you see there's a Tim Hortons around the corner and you're like, oh, that's what the holdup is. Like everyone's just waiting to get in. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It seems crazy. So. Yeah, I'm not really down for drive-throughs. I definitely would see the value of it like on like road trips if you want to stop for coffee and then where you don't want to get out of your car for whatever reason or something like that. Like I, I could see that like if if you're trying to get somewhere quick and you need to uh and you need some caffeine because it's 3 a.m. in the morning or maybe the the place is closed and they only have the drive-through window. So like I, I yeah, could see the value yeah. there, but otherwise I I think I go through the drive-through maybe once every two months, three months. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm never in such a rush that I can't find it convenient to get out of my car. But honestly, I'm not visiting these restaurants very frequently anyways to get out of my car at. So yeah. I just thought I'd pick on the drive-thru. And if Mr. Money Mustache is listening, yeah. well. you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> he give you a high five for that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can move on to my number four then. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be, Single-use disposable items, such as individually packed snacks and toiletries, 
And the one that really bothers me is toys and gadgets with batteries that can't be replaced. That really upsets me because I don't like the environmental impact because these things just get tossed. People, I think, don't usually even dispose of them properly because you're supposed to recycle things that have batteries because the batteries have a lot of toxins in them. But I think people just toss them. So I, I really don't like those kinds of things. Yeah, I I brought a bag of batteries to the dump and I told the guy, he's like, what are you dropping off? And I was like, batteries. And I was like, oh, batteries. And he's kind of like scratching his head a little bit. He's like, where is that again? Like, what bin is that? And I'm just like, isn't this like a reoccurring thing? And I, I don't think it is, right? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think people honestly just toss them in the garbage and just, you know, landfills be damned kind of thing. It does really bother me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. Um you know, not to pick on Tim Hortons. So I guess I could just use all fast food chains, but you know, they have all these paper cups that are lined with wax. And I think that ruins a lot of the recyclability of them. Yeah. It is plastic. Actually. It's not wax. Is it's it a plastic? Yeah. That's yeah, an extremely thin layer of plastic, which is extremely hard to separate from the paper. So it, it's, Ugh. it's actually worse than a hundred percent plastic cup because that could be recycled. Whereas this paper and plastic mesh cannot, you can't compost it, you can't recycle it. It's just garbage. Wow. That's completely lame. I don't like that at all. Yeah, Yeah, it bothers me for sure. At least the one kind of like silver lining is, you know, if people are, while I think recycling and composting should be number one in everybody's mind and like the landfill should be the last, as long as it makes its way to a landfill, you know, that makes me, that makes me at least slightly happier about this situation because as I listened to in a Science Versus podcast, the plastic and whatnot that is being littered on the ground and then it's being swept into the sewer system and then the sewer system is spitting it out into the ocean and that's why we have a giant floating mass of garbage the size of Texas or whatever it is just floating out there in the ocean. That's because people were too inconvenienced by throwing their stuff in a garbage can or a recycling bin or a compost bin. And that bothers the crap out of me, as I'm sure you're all hearing from the tone of my voice. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Come on, like littering? Like, well, Yeah, I mean, we're going on a tangent here, but I have to say, like, I think it needs to come from the top down, like regulations about how to just be more sustainable, you know, whether it's banning plastic straws or whatever it is, you know, it has to come from the top down because consumers generally, they're too busy to be bothered to do the right thing most of the time. And so, you know, this leads me back to the, you know, my original point is that these kinds of things, including individually packed snacks and toiletries, they are, also expensive you know you're paying the price for convenience and people you know we're paying the price not just from our wallets but you know as far as the health of our planet to use and pay for things like this so i think you know it's by choice to buy in bulk and you know buy things where you can fix and replace things and not have to just toss them and not be able to use them again all right well let's move along here um because we're going to go to my number four, which is another controversial one that I think I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Well, maybe not, actually. I think I think Canadians are nice enough to respect this. I don't go to the LCBO or the beer store or whatever it is called in your province um, that sells alcohol or marijuana. Uh, as you could probably tell, I don't consume any of these products. And that's mainly why it's not valuable for me but it is one of those i feel like it's one of those retail stores that because they sell very addictive substances 
it's a money trap in that sense. You're you're going back. You're oh, like I'm gonna get Crown Royal this time, or I'm gonna uh, get Snoop Dogg's line this time, kind of thing. And it's you're just you're just subjecting yourself to an addiction that costs a lot of money, and you generally buy those things, maybe not as an addiction, but just something to do with other people. And then you're going to spend more and more because you're going to get the better and better stuff or you're, you're going to have a party with 20 people. So you need to supply a whole lot. And that to me is just like hitting reverse on fire. Yeah, it's I I'm with you because I I don't drink. Uh, I have nothing against it. I just like I've mentioned in another podcast, I just don't enjoy the taste of alcohol. So I, I'd rather stick to healthier things like water. So, But there are people we know, including my husband and Money Mechanic, who do enjoy you know, a drink now and then. And uh, you know, my, my husband enjoys whiskey. And you know, he's cut back uh, recently because he's trying to lose weight. But you know, for a while, you know, he was almost collecting them. And they get really expensive, especially the ones that are imported. And it's insane. It's just insane how much some of these whiskeys cost. And it just hurts me inside when I look at the prices and <laughs> just know that he gets these as gifts sometimes too. And it's it's incredibly generous when people give him these bottles as gifts. But it, it's, it shocks me how much this liquid costs. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and when I use the word addiction, I mean, I'm all, I also, you know, say like caffeine is an addiction, right? And that's one that like I battle with a lot. And so I don't bring like Coke or, uh, you know, coffee into my house anymore, you know, because it can't be trusted. I just drink and drink and drink it. You know, I have, uh, I have little like tea bags that I, I generally get for a pretty good discount at my work. So I generally stick to that if I need my caffeine fix. But yeah, I find that having, having an addiction to that to that kind of stuff or just wanting to make it a part of your everyday life, you know, like every Friday night, every Saturday night, like, let's go get tanked. I just, I don't, I yeah, don't get it. it. It's true. It, it's something you have to really be careful of because it can, it becomes a recurring cost and we know what those recurring costs can add up to over time. Right. Yeah, that's right. And if you are the person out there that says, you know what, I respect your opinion, but I'm always going to have, you know, four beers on Friday night. That's just what I do. We'll calculate the cost of those four beers and times them by 52 so you know what it costs you a year and then times it by 25 and then that's how much money you need to add to your fire number to support that i find that when i did that with mike and ike's how <laughs> <laughs> silly as it sounds i have a real sweet tooth and uh, i spent a lot of money on a weekly basis unbeknownst to me i didn't realize i was spending this much money on it but no i was definitely spending like three or four dollars a week on mike and ike's and uh besides paying my dentist high bills i was also just uh uh, unconsciously or subconsciously adding that to my fire number. So my lifestyle was costing more, thousands of dollars more to give myself cavities. Interesting. Yeah. No, so I, I think you're right. When you work out the numbers, it can make it a black and white decision instead. Of, it takes it out of the emotional realm and into the logical realm. You know, you can really look at it and say, is it worth that much to me to continue to spend on this? And if, if it is, good go ahead and do it and don't feel guilty it's what you enjoy and it, if you're willing to you know save the amount it requires to continue paying for that go for it but i think a lot of times people who are not in 
the Phi community. They don't think about these kinds of things in detail and they, they're just mindlessly spending on things just because they always have. Awesome. Yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> Let's move on here. Uh, what's your number four, I believe we're at? Number five. Uh, number five. Yeah. So this is a, a difficult one and it kind of kills me to have to say this, but it's printed books. That's something I, I no longer buy. <laughs> I, I haven't bought a printed book in a really long time. I actually stopped doing that for my kids too, because they would bring home those scholastic book orders and, you know, we'd see all these books oh, and, then, yeah. and I would think it's good for them. They love reading it. It encourages them to read. So why not? So I'd buy them, but they're expensive. You know, you buy two or three at 15 bucks each, you know, that's a lot. And then two kids, that's a lot of money. And part of that really killed me though, was they'd be done with these books sometimes in five minutes. And then they wouldn't look at them again because a lot of them, they're, you just consume them once. You re they really don't have repeat read value, really. So I would have piles of these books that I spent good money on. And some of them were, were very current, you know, based on trends, you know, whether it was Star Wars or some kind of Lego or whatever it might be. So they dated really quickly. And so even if I wanted to sell them, there, there wouldn't be much market for them just because they, they're just not the trendy thing anymore. So that was what really woke me up to the lack of value in printed books and, you know, that the stress of having to deal with them afterwards, either donate them or sell them, whatever it may be. It was just more stuff in my house that I had to deal with. And so I love books. I still read, uh, but I use the library now. And uh, to support my favorite authors, I ask my libraries to buy the books that I want to read. And so I feel like that is just a more sustainable path. And I, I think that everyone still benefits, that authors are still getting some uh, royalties from purchases of their books. And I also listen to audiobooks through the library apps, and I assume they get royalties from that too. So that's one big thing for me. Even though I love books, I no longer buy printed versions. Yeah, actually, I forgot to say um, when I was chatting up Once Upon a Child there, uh, they also have a ton of used books. So that's where I've gotten a ton of my board books that uh, we uh, fall back on all the time for my kid. I think I've spent maybe $30 and we have about 50 or something board books. I think the library is something that the fire community at large has really cemented as one of like the core places of value for us. So I don't think there's a lot more that we could add to it. What I will say, though, is that the average Canadian doesn't go into their library that you're paying for with your property taxes, by the way, what you should do is go in there and check something out, even if you don't want it, even if you don't plan on reading it. I went in last week to get a magazine. And the reason why I did this is because I don't use the library. And it's because I've been getting almost all of my reading done from blogs or listening to podcasts and whatnot. And I just don't have time to read a book. But I do want to get my daughter into the habit of going to the library and getting her books. I don't want to have to keep going to Once Upon a Child as cheap as it is. I don't want to have to keep going back there. The reason why I've, I went to the library and checked out a men's health magazine of all things, which I, you'd never catch me reading. Um, I don't really have the physique for it, but, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I went and got the magazine because um, I know I have to go back now. So after we're done recording this podcast, my magazine is actually due back today. So I'm going to go there and then I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get a cooking magazine this time. It garnered up some interest in my household. Like my wife was like, ooh, like, like let's get a cooking one next time kind of thing. And then we're going to, once we get that one out, we're going to have to go back again within a week because we have to return it. 
And it's a really good way to get yourself, get your butt into the library and actually use it. Don't just talk the game, you know, actually use it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I think it's easier for me because I'm a stay at home mom. So I I do have the time when, you know, we're heading to something or coming home from somewhere. We usually have a few minutes where we can pop into the library quite regularly, probably once a week or once every two weeks. So, but it is a habit. That is not a common sentence, by the way. I'm a stay at home mom, so I got time. I think I've heard that like four times in my life. Well, I I guess (laughs) what I mean is I have time at certain times of day that other people might not, right? Because if you're working, you're you're just in a rush to get home to to put dinner on or something, right? Whereas my time is, you know, spent with the kids. So if they're with me, there's a lot that I can get done, you know, before the end of the workday and it's time to cook dinner. So I guess that's what I mean by time. It's not time to myself. It's time yeah, with my kids getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah. You know how people say like, you know, like don't bring your kids to Target with you. And like don't bring your kids to Toys R Us or whatever. I want my kids to go to the library with me. Like if I'm not going to bring them on outings, like where they can learn social skills and whatnot, you know, from walking around the aisles of Walmart or what have you. Um, I feel like there's a lot of value in a in a library. Oh, so much. Yeah, and they have all those baby sing-along times and thing, and you know they'll they'll have authors come in to teach the kids something. There's lots of free things that go on at the library that are just awesome for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's move along here. Um, my next one is going to be, gosh, it's kind of embarrassing because I have an embarrassing story for it, but um, the barber shop. I think we all know where this is going. So when I was in the military, I would just buzz my own hair. No problem. Um, It wasn't particularly expensive to go get it done. Anyways, it just took a long time because there's always a lineup. There's always like a million soldiers that need to get their buzz cuts and all that stuff. So I just started doing it myself, saved a little bit of money, but saved a lot of my time. And Mm -hmm. with my life getting so busy, blog, podcast, husband, father, job, overtime, et cetera, I want to cut my own hair again. But, um, I definitely went at it a few weeks ago, three weeks before my sister's wedding. And I realized that that was not a good idea. It was not a good look. I'm definitely (laughs) grateful that I wore a hat at work. Um, I was actually cleaning out the mechanism. It wasn't really working very well. So I took it out. Like I took it apart, cleaned out all the hair that was gumming up the thing. And then I snapped it back on, but I totally forgot to put on the little guard that like measures the hair for you. And it went up the back of my neck. (laughs) (laughs) And I went up maybe like two inches went on. (laughs) And I I definitely just dug in like a zero beside what I was doing. And uh yeah, no, I just wore a hat. I didn't have the guts to like, it wasn't like right in the middle. It was off to the side because I was getting like the neck hairs and then going up the side. So it wasn't like, it wasn't insanely noticeable. But <laughs> if I were to just like take off my hat and stand in natural sunlight, you'd be like, what happened to your ear or something, right? So it was bad. <laughs> yeah. So, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And um, I definitely just reread the Mr. Money Mustache article on the universal men's grooming device and how you're, you're wasting your time and your money by going to the barbershop. So I'm going to give it a try again. My wife was not happy. And she thinks that I'm going absolutely way too far with cutting my own hair. Uh, again, she's like, in the military, she's like, I don't care in the military because everyone has a stupid haircut. And she's like, but this is real life. Like, I have to be proud of what you look like to some degree. <laughs> 
well, is she open to helping you? Because I cut all of my guys' hair. Like I have since um, my first one was little and I, we started cutting his hair. And then my husband said, can you try cutting my hair? And I was like, no, I, I just, <laughs> no way. I'm just going to mess it up and you'll look horrible. Yeah. But I don't know why he was so confident in me and, and asked me to do it. And so I did it and I've been cutting their hair for, I don't know, 14 years, I guess, since, since our, I mean, you're a graphic was, designer. Awesome. Like you could, you could cut oh, hair. Gosh, no it, problem. It, it's no. So transferable, <laughs> there's, right? There's, no, there's no relation. <laughs> I, but I spent hours on YouTube to try to figure it out. And now I've got it mostly down. I, I still am not fully comfortable, but it's good enough. And they actually sometimes get compliments. So, so I guess I'm doing an okay. When I'm going to BC, you're giving me a haircut. Just, it'll, be, it'll be a little awkward because I'll be like, hey, I've never seen you before. But um, yeah, come stare at the back of my head and make me look beautiful. I don't know if I would do it for anyone other than my family because they, they don't, they're not going to, they're not going to complain because they know I won't cut their hair again if, if they complain. I thought you were going to say, I don't know if I would do it for free. <laughs> I'd do it for free, but I don't think I just no way. don't you think anyone would trust me. <laughs> Make that money. Yeah, my wife is a little uh, anxious about it as well, but um, like I ha- I've always had her do like the neckline, um, even like between haircuts. Like she'll actually run upstairs, grab her eyeliner or whatever like pencil thing for makeup, and then she'll draw on my neck to make sure she like follows it <laughs> that is smart apparently. that's really yeah smart. it washes off really easily right mm-hmm. so and obviously if you're doing the neck like i always do it like before a shower anyways so it's yeah yeah exactly yeah okay well let's move on to yours what, what are you at now number six yeah i'm number six so this this one is probably not even worth mentioning because i i doubt most people spend money on this anymore but it's newspapers and magazines I, uh, like you, subscribe to the Mr. Money Mustache Low Information Diet, and I also don't have time to read that much stuff, and I find a lot of it isn't all that useful or and or it's overly biased. It's just an expensive recurring cost that we don't need more paper to deal with. It's just bad for the planet, so I, that's just something that we long ago stopped spending money on. We used to have a newspaper subscription, but um, never magazine subscriptions, but uh, newspapers we did. But I, I realized I I would have a week's worth of newspaper piled up that I hadn't even, hadn't even opened because I didn't have time to read them. So cut it out and it saved us a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot to add to that. Um, you guys have heard me talk about the low information diet before. Um, if it's your first time hearing about it, then I'll, I'll leave it in the show notes for you guys to check out. You can just go to our website, explorifycanada.ca, and click on this uh, episode link, and the show notes will pop right up. Newspapers and magazines, yeah. that's so 2002. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even subscribe to those digital services. There, there are those out there. I think you can read unlimited magazines, maybe, uh, digitally, but... I don't have time, so I I just avoid them. Yeah, I actually find I get more value from just regular folks who are talking about regular things on their blogs or their podcasts. You know, I guess I'm that in itself is a big bias because I just I generally just turn towards the personal finance crowd. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't get a lot of value from reading the National Post. Sometimes I'll open up the Financial Post and go to the retail and marketing section just because it has updates on what like you know, like the Bay is doing or what 
Tim Hortons is doing a kind of just get like a kick out of, uh, you know, because we, I invest in like a lot of these companies that they talk about. Right. So I find it interesting, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. There's not a lot of value there. Hey guys, it's Ryan again. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. So we'd love to know what are your value busters? Do you choose your list for practical or moral reasons like we do? Will the money mechanic ever forgive me for saying that beer is a waste of money? These are all questions that need answers. Feel free to comment on our site or keep the conversation going wherever you connect with the community. Thanks again for listening and let's talk soon. Thanks for listening. You can find all our show notes at explorifycanada.ca. Do you like what you're hearing? Help us grow by sharing this show with friends and family. Please subscribe and leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us at our own blogs, figarage.ca, canadianfire.ca, or eatsleepbreathefy.com. Our music today was provided by Purple Planet. We'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk then.